Welcome to Get This Shit, the bi-monthly podcast that answers the questions you've always had, but forgot to ask. Prepare your earballs. Why, hello, and welcome to Get This Shit. I'm your host, Cassie, and I'm joined today... By a bucket full of sunshine. Oh, he's ready to introduce himself. Samuel, how are you? What's up? How we doing? How we feeling? How we looking? How we living? Oh, gosh. I don't have the same energy that you do. <laughs> well, I have been, for the past month and a half, I've been getting up at 4.30 every morning uh, to be at work by 6. That's the beauty of... Working in the construction industry, sometimes you have to drive halfway across the state or at least an hour commute in the morning when you start at six. Yeah, it precipitates waking up at 4 30. So, oh lord, sleeping in till about you know eight or so is uh, a is, dream, is, it's a luxury that uh, I don't take for granted. So, yeah, uh, well, I'm glad you took advantage of all them extra hours, <laughs> my guy. That's what happens when you're like practically forced with, you know, a a, a, a baseball bat <laughs> threatened with you mm-hmm. into becoming a morning person. Like I no. had no choice in the matter. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. One day they were just like, you'll need to be here at 6 a.m. But that's an hour and a half away. And? Yeah, I know. Yeah. And? We're all living through friend. it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I'm going to fucking be there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's 6 a.m. for me, too. Bucko. Bucko. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Champ, but I, I get paid tiger. less than 50% of what you do. <laughs> I <get like> $12, <laughs> dude. <laughs> well, welcome to another morning uh, wake and bake episode with us. Um, Apparently, I do the waking, she does the bacon. I do. <laughs> the only time I do the bacon. Um, and also, welcome to official episode 50. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> We do our own sound uh, effects, so uh, I don't have to uh, put them in a uh, post. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think I can pew, do that. Pew pew pew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Winslow, Carl Winslow. Is he's the no? No, that's, that's the, the dad from, from Family, Family Matters. Matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's Reginald Val Johnson. Don't you dare disrespect him. God, the guy who makes uh, for Police Academy. Oh, Michael Winslow. Is that the guy that makes a lot of noises? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna have to trust you on that one because and now, I thought see now that I'm doubting, was... but I'm pretty. I'm like, I'm pretty fucking sure. Let us know. I get this shit. <laughs> dot com. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can go there. I don't sure. know if I would go there. Mm. Let it us know. It sounds like an Etsy for scat play. Uh, it does. It does. I mean, no, I'm not yucking your yum. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> have you not heard that expression? Uh, I don't think so. And yeah. I definitely don't think that was the most appropriate first <laughs> hearing of said expression. <laughs> With scat play. Oh, my God. <laughs> not yucking your yum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Well, what a 
What a way to start the episode. <laughs> uh, we've only got more for you, friends. Um, so I don't know what happened. I lost an entire week somewhere along um, August and September. Did you check your pockets? I checked everywhere, and I honestly don't know what happened. So I apologize for our inconsistency as of late. We uh, took a an unknowing uh, week off. Yeah, well, little, little mental health doodle. Apparently. Don't come at us. We're not I, ready. We're not ready. Please don't. I will cry. Um, I just, yeah, man. Um, so sorry about that. And then, uh, yeah, I didn't post anything because apparently I needed a break from that too. So, hey, here's to just keeping on trying. <laughs> hey, we're here. We're we're you know, uh, we're real. All we're right, real. we're greasy like a bike chain. Okay, done. So yeah, yeah, dirty but efficient. Right, we move around. We get the job. It's better than walking. It's better, it's than, better walking. than walking. Okay, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh my god. So Sam, um, what's been up with you? Uh, I have been living forever. In, uh, I've been living an existential nightmare. Okay? Yeah. Yes, I have. I've been here. Caught up on all my podcasts, okay, that I listen to, and I've been trying to find a new one that like grabs my attention, like the other ones that I love so much have. And um, it's a struggle, and my life is hard, and everyone should feel sorry for me because these shoes really hard to feel sorry. They're uh, the toes are filled with cement, makes it hard to walk around, all right. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. These toes are filled with cement. <laughs> no, I've been doing great. <clears throat> Where did you hear that? Oh, that's straight off the dome, girl. <laughs> off the... All right. All right. I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you've been doing all right. You, um, Sam, got whatever the fuck was going around that's not COVID, but the 36, 48 hour yeah, no, grossness. No, you do. Yeah, it started in my head. My sinuses were clogged, moved down to my chest, then went down to the GI tract, and then out my body. Oh, and then he was exorcised of demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, good. I'm started glad. making my own Golgothan. Oh, my God. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're cleaned out now, because uh, you were a dirty, <laughs> dirty little biscuit. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, Sam tried to get workman's comp the other day. <laughs> Oof, yeah. Turns okay. out every single part of a, uh, every single rung on a ladder is important. You shouldn't skip the last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then did the old guy twist in the herky jerk, but didn't fall down. Yep. But saved himself, but. Did he really? Yeah. Did he, do Any, we really? Anyone over 30, uh, possibly younger, but pretty much anyone over 30 knows that sometimes when you almost fall and catch yourself, you end up hurting yourself worse if you had just yeah. given in to you should just fall sometimes. miss just gravity trying to tell you the rules. Tempt you. Tempt you to come down to her level. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, have you uh, watched anything recently? Uh, 
No, just my comfort stories that I watch, you know. Ah, the comfort stories. That's what I call shit that I rewatch, even though I've yes. seen it like a thousand no, times. I love it. I, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, let's see. Have we uh, done anything? As you can tell, we prepared <laughs> so much preparation. Our, uh, fucking banter section. <laughs> Um, uh, we uh, have been watching our goddaughter play softball. Uh, which she is killing it. She's killing it. She's killing it. Um, the whole team is. Yeah, and they're pretty much in between like the U8 and the U10 league, so it's pretty adorable because like they're starting yeah. to get good at yeah. it, and it's fun to watch. They're so tiny to run. I like they're so. Some of them look literally like little dinosaurs out there. They're just <laughs> like the way that they bounce around and oh my God, they get hurt and then they get right back up and I'm like, right. mm, no, Fuck you. you have to take me to the hospital. Right. I'm so jealous that they don't have any, uh, what is it? Lactic acid in their muscles. Yeah, no Fuck. kidding. Fuck. <laughs> I feel bad for the pitchers in those leagues because like you, the, you, your poor little noodle arms. Well, one that, but two, like if you're pitching in the in the major leagues, you know the there's not a lot of size difference, like height wise. Like you're oh, you're yeah. pitching to grown adults, yeah, grown peoples. And even though there's some size variation, it's not a whole lot because there's a specific like athletic type that excels yeah. in in per, each professional sport. And, but, like, when you have kids from, like, ages, like, 8 to 11. Bro. You may have a strike zone that's huge and for one and then have someone who's, like, 10 inches shorter. Yeah. <laughs> for, Has a four-inch strike zone. Yeah, for your next uh, batter. It's, I'm just like, holy shit. That's, uh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't understand sports. Um, I like I get the general gist of most um, American sports, but I mean, you don't know all the ins and outs of Highline. I don't. No, I do know it's the most dangerous game in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they launched that pelota real hard. Yeah, isn't it limestone or something? I don't know. Like, is is made out of stone though. That's for sure. Just like your heart, you cold oh. bitch. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Well, um, we're getting ready for spooky season. Oh, yeah. Pumpkins watching. are already starting to go up yep, in the yep, house. Yep, they sure are. Watching some good stuff here and there. Um, can't wait for Hocus Pocus 2. I'm really excited. This is a Hocus Pocus house. Uh, and forever will be. This is a bad time to tell you that I think Halloween Town is superior. You can get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm and kidding. Everything of yours is mine because that's a terrible opinion to have. That's hilarious. In this house, I you can have whatever opinion <laughs> outside of it. We're just a hocus pocus family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna do a watch party with Katie. But that, I think that's about it, Tint. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed the two-parter with Anne and Isaac. We definitely did. It has been 
uh, one of our favorite walk-on roles. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> that uh, we've had. They're pretty dope. Pretty mm-hmm. dope. I'm a fan. I would agree. All right. Well, Samuel, did you bring us some shit? Not for our 50th, no. Oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> Underprepared. Yeah. No, I totally got something for you. Fabulous. So. Hit me with it. All right. So get this shit. <laughs> it's going to... Might get this shit. It's going to start out with a question. Okay. I want you to tell me about the biggest... What you think the biggest civil rights protest... Civil rights era protest was. Like, in your head when you think... Biggest civil rights era protest. What do you think? Yeah. So, number one, that's really rude because look at who you're talking to. <laughs> um, I would think the Million Man March with Martin Luther King. The 1963 March to Washington. Yes. That is a big one. Not the biggest. Ooh. So, like, when you ask most people this question, they're probably going to... Most are going to say your answer. Um, some might say the... The marches from Selma to Montgomery, uh, yeah. which uh, first wow. the first one resulted in in a Bloody Sunday. The day that's called mm-hmm. Bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the march to Washington that led to the "I Have a Dream" speech included um, between two hundred and three hundred thousand people. Wow! Yeah, big, very big. Wow. So the largest civil rights protest uh, actually took place in New York City. Wow. I would not have guessed that. It was a one-day school boycott that included over 400,000 students and teachers. Jesus. It was organized to oppose the de facto segregation of New York City schools created by redlining. So I know we've re- we've probably referenced redlining on this show before. I think so. But let's talk about it a little bit in Perfect. case anyone's a little unclear. So redlining was a housing policy from the 1930s to the 1960s that still has a lot of uh, remnant architecture in influence. our society today. Yes, Damn. a lot of influence. Cool. Um. These policies that openly used blatant racist language and practices against people of color and immigrants. Mm. Uh, This is exemplified perfectly by the Long Island suburb of Levittown. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, for those who don't, I could go off on a whole nother podcast episode about Levittown. It was formed in, like, 1947, for it was like essentially America's first subdivision, yeah, and it was, uh, yeah, it was for whites only for sure, yeah, like blatant. That's the only people they gave the loans to. They it was a huge place where if you even thought about being black and moving in, you would immediately have a cross burnt on your lawn, like it was. Jesus. Just yeah, and those who were like, "No, it's fine if they move in." Yeah, cross in your yard on fire. Fuck you. Wow, <laughs> not great. So now, if we remember from the Jesse Owens episode, 
the second Great Migration started in around 1940, where a shitload yeah. of people of color from the South moved up to the North. Um, one of the main reasons for this um, was uh, uh, for manufacturing during World War II. You know, most of the manufacturing centers were in northern states, and they needed people to man them while they sent people off to war. So about 1.5 million uh, black people were employed in northern cities over uh, World War II. Like 1.5 additional. In New York City, in 1949, the black population increased from about 458,000 to over 1 million in 1950. Wow. So more than doubled. Yeah, yeah. So how does this uh, redlining affect specifically a larger sense of New York, not just um, Levittown? So the FHA, which is the Federal Housing Administration, mm-hmm. uh, they're if you they give like secured loans. They do a lot more than that, but you know, yeah. a lot of first time home buyers will who have gone through that will find it's easier to get an FHA loan. Yes. So the FHA came up with a neighborhood rating system. Which, Cute. Right. Cute. Not <laughs> racist or weird at all. Hold on. Classes. Hold no. on. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. You get letter grades from A through D. Great. Um, any neighborhood with a C or D rating could not get uh, secured loans to update or maintain their property. Mm, I mean, don't you think that those would be the people that you would want yeah, to give loans to the most what are you talking about they're not gonna pay i mean they'll pay if they can make upgrades to things and what? continue to attract business okay now you're talking crazy okay <laughs> you're just talking crazy <laughs> so how do you get a c or d rating according to the fha what do you think uh i don't know it would one of the requirements would probably be a yard that looks like ours. <laughs> so we leave it for the pollinators. We do. We're <laughs> excellent uh, partners in our ecosystem. Yes. <laughs> and we're lazy. So that helps. Uh, how do you get a rating of a C or D? Uh, one way is to have more than 5% population people of color. Great. <laughs> Great. So just out the gate. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. just. Not even going to bother trying to disguise it or fluff it up. Yeah, no, because this is America. These colors don't run. We don't believe in covert subterfuge. So if we (laughs) want to be blatantly racist, we're going to be blatantly racist. I'm just kidding. There's a lot of subvertive racism systemically in this, um, even in our current culture. So. So this not only leads to neighborhoods deteriorating because... No way. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody can get loans to fucking fix things. Yeah. But it also creates a huge incentive to keep people of color out of A and B rated neighborhoods (laughs) because now they don't want to become CRD. (laughs) Why did I invite you onto this podcast? (laughs) 
So even though Brown versus Board of Education, which outlawed uh, segregation, passed in 1954, redlining created a segregation that no longer needed laws to uphold itself. Jesus Christ! (laughs) It's alive! So while there was segregation, like actual segregation in the South, a lot of uh, liberal northern uh, white cities skated by uh, through a term that was called de facto segregation, which was perpetuated by systems like redlining. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So now with people of color still coming to New York Mm -hmm. and limited areas that they could move to, not only were these conditions deteriorating, they were becoming increasingly overpopulated. Oh, sure. I... How are they not going to become right. overpopulated? Yeah, exactly. So now, in New York City is not the only place that this happened, but this is kind of a microcosm of things that happened across America. Girl, I'm so sorry to interject here, but I have apparently started following more and more like New York TikTokers, and boy, I, there is no hate to anyone in that state. <laughs> I'm just going to let you have it. Like, you you have New York. <laughs> I'm not going to come there. I want you to have it. I just, wow, man. There's just so much going on. And I don't think I'm tough enough, to be honest. I think that that's the, sure. the main <laughs> issue. Like, I am Midwestern as fuck. And, <laughs> and I just, I can't handle... The pressures of the big city. Well, and I feel like so much Moves stuff so fast. that you have to ignore. Yes. To get yes. by in and New York. And that's not my strong suit. Because like comedians and like podcasters that I've listened to mm-hmm. talk about. Yeah, I remember when I got to New York and I was all, you know, the ones that came from like Midwestern areas and like I'm riding the subway and someone's just openly smoking crack right next to me or, you know, (laughs) sure. Or like someone is accosting somebody else. And it's like, hey, why is no one doing anything about this? You're (laughs) like, oh, that's Tony and Blair. They do this every Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. And it's just so much stuff that you have to walk past and ignore, at least from the stories that I've understood. Yeah. And also... I got a sensitive sniffer. You Y'all do. Don't Y'all do. Make it sound appealing. <laughs> I just I don't think I'm hard enough for New York. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it's funny because uh one of our favorite podcasts, The Dollop, does a great episode on the history of the New York sanitation system. Oh my god. I don't know if I've listened to that one. Uh, I think it's like yeah, it's somewhere in the middle. Okay. I was like, if he says, oh, 71, I'm going to be like, fuck. <laughs> I don't remember anything. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. The Rolodex is full. I wish I could push stuff out, but I can't. <laughs> All right. So, uh, becoming deteriorated and overpopulated. Yes. In so, New York. Yes. Because there are only certain fucking neighborhoods that people of color can move to mm-hmm. because of a lettering grade system. Yes. Okay. 
All right. Continue. So in 1964, schools that black and Puerto Rican students attended were so overcrowded that oh the New York City superintendent, William Chanson, who had previously said that segregation wasn't his problem. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> What's his name again? William? William Jansen. Jansen, if I see you in the streets, we've got beef immediately, (laughs) sir. Hopefully he's dead. I didn't look that up. One can only hope. If not, you hope be tripping. (laughs) I mean, Kissinger is still alive, and every time I think about that, it baffles me. I'm like, how the fuck? (laughs) I'm going to break off an arm, so I have a fucking... Right. (laughs) The fact that Henry Kissinger is still alive is like the only proof in my mind that like the sacrificing at Bohemian Grove is an actual real thing. (laughs) Like they're drinking the blood of children. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm gonna have to get on YouTube and look look up the most recent video of him and see like how much he looks and sounds like the Crip Keeper from the 90s you know I heard that uh, a few months ago if you rubbed Henry Kissinger and the Queen together you could have started a fire god damn it (laughs) that's hilarious Um, so 1964 William Jansen superintendent uh decided that he had a solution to this overcrowding oh my god he implemented half days in which he made uh-huh. half the students uh attend the first half of the day and the other attend the second half of the school day yeah which is like super convenient for students and parents. Yeah. And not only are they dealing with a in the transportation system. Oh yeah. And not only are they dealing with white centric curriculum, they are also dealing with having half the time in school compared to white students in different neighborhoods getting a full day of school. Oh my god. So, <laughs> and it's New York, so you can't do like outside stuff all year round. You know what I mean? Like, right. Half the day is outside, and the other half's inside. Because we had to do that for a second at the beauty school <laughs> with COVID. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, we. I'm so sorry. Go make color wheel collages from nature. I love you. <laughs> One student was like, this isn't really helpful to my education. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I I know. I'm aware. And I just sat there and was like, I, I huh? What do you want from me? I know, babe. Um, Tell me what. I feel like Ryan so Gosling. Sorry. Tell me what you want. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. There's so much I can't explain to you. Mm-hmm. I can't explain to you why we have to do this. Because I also think that it is asinine. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that till some of them would come up with their formulations. And it's like, have you even looked at a color wheel once? What have is this bullshit? Have you seen purple? <laughs> Red and blue. Ask a five-year-old. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, half days, right? Great um, idea. Yeah. Some parents were... Th- 
trying to keep their kids not going to school like that. Oh, so they were like, no, you go full day. No, or no. Or they were or keeping them at home. Yeah, keeping them at home. They were like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. We can do a better job at home. Sure. Yeah, they got threatened for mm-hmm. uh, to be arrested for their kids' truancy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> when truancy mattered. Can't imagine why the parents would feel this way, considering in one school there were 6,500 students with two... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 6500 students with two barely functioning bathrooms what? i need a full bathroom to myself <laughs> like i need the poopery i need the potpourri i need the scented candles and a good exhaust yeah, a fan zen sand garden <laughs> a himalayan salt lamp yes yes I oh need the God. soothing sounds of uh, the Chinese rain CD that yes, you hear yes, at every massage CD. parlor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I graduated with like 140 people. I graduated with like 97 oh, yeah. or 98 people. I forgot. I always class. forget. Tiny little, tiny little private school. Tiny little Bible school. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so we got, uh, we got too many taters for the basket. <laughs> yeah, too many taters, too many tots, too little basket. Too many tots. I we don't have too many tots. There's not enough support for them. Yeah. So considering all you had to do was bust these kids a neighborhood or two over to the less overcrowded white schools, and Bing Bang Boom done. Yay. Ah, seal it with kids. Oh, my God. But nope, 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 nope. Yeah, can't do that. So a reverend named uh, Milton Galamison. Milton Galamison. One more time for me. Milton Galamison. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that name. Sorry. I think I got Milton down. <laughs> you nailed that one. Well, this is a reverend who had quotes like, uh, nobody can do these children more harm than the children are being done every day in the public school system. Damn. Also, quote, in my opinion, the refusal of the board to have already taken immediate steps to correct these evils is a disgrace and a crime. Oh. Agreed. So he decided to start Agreed. organizing a boycott. And Hell yeah. he was supported by the NAACP and other organizations. Um, and his movement rec- recruited a man named Bayard Rustin, who was a prominent activist who had a big role in the 1963 March to Washington, the I Have a Dream March. Wow. Yeah. So, this boycott was scheduled for February 3rd, 1964. Okay. So, like, just one day, people, like, students and teachers, not at school. Wow. Just to prove a fucking point. My mom was five or six. My parents were eight. Wow. Because they were both born in 56. For people who can't do math like me. You don't have to say it like that. 
<laughs> you still have to do math. I didn't say they are 56. I said they were born in 56. They're much older than that. <laughs> Jesus. They're fine. They love their age. My mom was so happy to turn 50 and 60. Like, when she, when she turned 50, she was like, yeah, I just don't have to give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I've put my time in. I've worked really hard. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be me unapologetically, and everyone else can suck it. Put it in your suck it and you suck it. And then she turned 60, and then she was like, I thought I didn't give a shit at 50. Now I really don't give a yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God love you, Barbara. We all do. Mm-hmm. All right. So this boycott scheduled for February 3rd, 1964. A few days before, the New York Times released an article covertly titled, No More School Boycotts. Oh. <laughs> so the fair, balanced, definitely liberal leaning, quote unquote, yeah. unquote, if you ask Fox News. Uh, the liberal left-leaning New York Times, which um, yeah, doesn't have a great track record, in my wow. personal opinion. Um, no, it no, it's a factually based statement. <laughs> but wow, okay, hey, don't do that. Yeah. So in this article, <laughs> it framed these protests as quote tragically misguided. Oh, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> and said boycotts are quote. Pointless, dangerous, and destructive. Five stars. And colorized participants in their actions as violent and illegal. Ooh, we're going to give that four. (laughs) And included, quote, for the foreseeable future, many schools will remain predominantly non-white simply because there is no realistic way to alter the balance, end quote. What? (laughs) There's no realistic. Yeah. No, you're living in pipe dreams, unicorn. Or so fucking correct. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, realistically, no. Like, we know what. There are many things that we know what we can do to help end systemic racism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just won't be done at. The governmental level, so that's why we should burn it down and <laughs> try again. Easy, John Brown. Listen, <laughs> no need to go all Harper's Ferry in the podcast room. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you don't know the full story of Harper's Ferry, because I remember it was super glossed over, they're like, "Yeah, this thing happened in every U.S. history class I yeah. ever had." Find out more about that. John Brown is a motherfucking badass <laughs> and oh, it yeah. and it's a great story i mean there it's not <laughs> but it's a really <laughs> good story <laughs> it's a compelling story yes thank you you're welcome so despite the opposition from the new york times and other sources on february 3rd 1964 a day renamed freedom day okay for 164,361 students and teachers boycotted their schools. Jesus Christ. You want to know another statistic? That only made up 45% of the students in New York City. What? (laughs) It's a big city. (laughs) 
you guys can keep it. <laughs> but no, 464,361. The only way I have I can quantitate that is like in Skittles. <laughs> you know, the jar fucking sure, games. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna need a big jar. God. So it was uh, the largest protest of the civil rights era by well over 100,000 people, <laughs> which that's just a big number in and of itself. Uh, yeah, I don't know that number. Uh, so it wasn't hard to, in my opinion, probably wasn't hard to convince students to go along with this because they're, no. <laughs> they're like, hey, free day. There were. Um, I get to run around and uh, yell. Yeah. Sounds great. There's plenty of lines around the block for movie theaters uh, with (laughs) packed with children. Uh, Oh, yes. But that definitely wasn't all of them. Uh, Over, or I'm sorry, almost 100,000 kids gathered at, quote, freedom schools that had been set up in different community spaces. Um, Teachers that were participating in the boycott gathered at like parks and rec centers stuff like that with students and they taught their students about the history of slavery and like i know everyone thinks like oh well yeah we are like we're everyone's taught about the history of slavery in this country Uh, are you one not really um and two like that is something that we have become accustomed to because of the work that was put in during the civil rights era wow. uh that was not something that was just normally taught about at all so uh, yeah no m- my mother did not learn it anything like that yeah. that young yeah so teachers taught these students about the history of slavery they sang protest songs and explained to the students the structures and reasons for their boycott and protest. <gasps> Good. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, <clears throat> protest ends. Okay. So, what happened after? I don't know. Exactly, because not really anything happened after. Wow. Isn't that cool? In New York, neat. Uh, no, no. no meaningful steps were taken by the Board of Education to integrate and diversify schools. Um, there have been some, like, quote-unquote, pilot programs over the years to try to, whether it's improve the shitty of our crowded, segregated schools or minimal busing, quote-unquote, pilot sure. programs, um, which... Like, everything has been met by so much opposition. Uh, Why? You're just educating children. (laughs) You're literally just talking about educating children. So, in March, there was, I think, 15,000 white people who were protesting integrational, like, busing. And their argument, uh, since they're not the deep racist South, their argument was not keep black kids out of our schools. It was... Kids should be going to the schools in their neighborhood. That's what's going to give them the best education. That's what's like it was. Okay. Yeah. That's why people only go to college in the state (laughs) that they were born in. Wow. That's why people don't fly across the world for education in different countries. 
Valid point. No, no, no. You should totally stay in your county, mm-hmm. your your 200 blocks. Look, they don't care where you go for education as long as it's not in my neighborhood. That's what they're really saying. <laughs> I'll punch every one of them. <laughs> so in today, uh, in New York, segre- New York City, segregation is just as bad in both neighborhoods and schools. Ah, oh, great. According to studies in 2014, 2016, and even a study in 2019 that was conducted by the UCLA UCLA Civil Rights Project, New York has, quote, the most segregated schools in the country. Uh, What a a badge. Uh, Mayor de Blasio was on uh, his weekly call-in show for WNYC in 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he's accessible by the people. He wants to hear the people's uh, opinions and shit. Uh, In 2019, he was pressed by an 11th grader named Tiffany Torres as to why he hasn't been more forceful about integration, uh, to which he replied, quote, With all due respect, there is a task force coming out with their next report in a matter of weeks, end quote. I'll be underneath your bed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for answering my question. I'll see you tonight. So why are we talking about this? Why I would put so much dog (laughs) shit. I'm sending him a fucking glitter bomb. (laughs) Do it with the fart spray in it and everything. Yeah, he's going to get something <laughs> so why are we talking about this so for me it's because i think our country has a fundamental misunderstanding of the civil rights movement i i would agree absolutely uh we've been taught it was fought against the racist south number one yeah and number two that they won but Yeah, most people don't understand that while legal victories were achieved in 1964, 1965, due to extremely brave and courageous and hard work done by so many amazing people, the civil rights movement also pushed for uh, for non-legal integration, uh, criminal justice reform, you know, educational reform all these other issues that aren't talked about yeah and little is said and you practically have to dig to find information about opposition and the battles fought in the quote liberal north um if you want to know more uh, about the struggle look no further than martin luther king's own letter from birmingham jail oh Uh, In which he says, quote, this is going to be a long quote, sorry. Love it. Uh, Quote, also, sorry, I want to preface. (laughs) (laughs) I was over here ready as fuck, boy. What else? No, I I do want to preface this saying that I will be using all of the words that Martin Luther King wrote in his uh, letter from Birmingham jail and ones that technically I would never use unless I was quoting something positive and useful in historical context. So there's going to be a couple times I say a word that I normally would not say in any other context. Okay. But I don't feel like censoring Martin Luther King. Uh, agreed. <laughs> okay. So, 
In his letter from Birmingham jail, he says, quote, or part of it is a long one. It's a good one. Quote, first, I must confess that over the last few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable of another man's freedom, who lives by the myth of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait until a more convenient season, end quote. Wow. Also, if you want a more full picture, I recommend uh, reading, or if you're like me, listening to the audiobook version mm-hmm. of Gene uh, Theo Harris's A More Beautiful and Terrible History. Oh, yeah, I have uh, seen that before. So, yeah, uh, turns out we don't know as much as we think. And I think it's always important that we question and that we keep digging and keep learning so we can know more and be appropriately armed against um, willful ignorance that comes at us and those we care about. I agree. I agree. Dang, Sam. You bringing the fucking noise this morning, boy. <laughs> um, I... I am tragically shocked at how little I knew about your topic. Yeah, uh, I was I was just as shocked when I found out about it too. When I it was one of the things that's brought up in like the first chapter of a beautiful a more beautiful and tragic history and it is I was like wait, I'm sorry. What? Wow. <laughs> you said almost a half a million just students and teachers Holy shit. Yeah. And I was like, why aren't they talking about this? Oh, because no one gave a fuck. <laughs> but yet, and so I... And still such a problem today. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, north of the Mason-Dixon line. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've never lived or, I think, maybe visited somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon, like, once? <laughs> and that was in Florida when we went to, like, Fort Myers yeah. and the Keys and, you yeah. know... Only tourist destinations. Yeah, only tourist destinations. So, like, I've never been really around any southern states or cities or culture to an extended point in time. So, like, I was always like, no, we were the cool ones, right? You know? Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, we just, yeah, it's best if you stay in your neighborhood. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, he's not wrong. The fucking white moderate ain't that a bitch. It's right. Yeah. Ugh, oh my god. All right. Well, I I'm gonna switch gears here. Okay. Well, you, ready? you give us the. It's the fiftieth episode. You're giving us the full the razzle and the dazzle. Yeah, giving us a full perspective on GTS. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um. We're talking about history today as well. Ooh. Okay. But it's not his. 
Well, it is historical. Everything's history, baby. Baby. But all right. I'm taking you back to 1992. Oh, right. All right. Just a hop, skip, and a jump in the Wayback Machine. In the Wayback, yeah. I say that, but that was like 30 fuck. Oh, ugh. Yeah, that's uh, gross. <laughs> I don't like it. So I don't know what you were doing, but I uh, definitely was watching Aladdin. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Nirvana had just released Teen Spirit. Yes, on the Nevermind album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It uh, was a simple time. For you and I, at least. Sure, yeah. It was. Uh, I, look, I was nailing my colors. I was hooked on phonics. You were inside the lines. You were doing it a little wobbly on the lines. That's all right. Me too. Fuck them lines. Right. Uh, all right. So, but we're not staying here in the Americas. We're going to head on over to uh, the Philippine Islands. So nowhere that I can do a playful accent with because I have no idea. No. Well... If All I can think know. of is Joe Coy. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and how he characterizes so. his mother. And I'm not going to do that. I think that's for the best. You're so funny. Uh, but if you didn't know, the Philippines is an archipelago. Yes. It's a string of over 7,100 islands. I didn't know the. that's uh, a lot more islands than I thought. Like yeah. I knew it was an archipelago. Uh-huh. But that's a lot of uh, tiny it's a bits shit of shit ton, and like that's not like I saw some more accurate numbers, but that was the best like range. Sure, but my dude, so that's you so have many. a lot of accent to play with, to be honest. Sure, I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> so, um, it is in the south. It is in, it's in southeastern Asia between the south. China Sea and the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Uh, fun fact, only about one third of the islands are inhabited. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, just, you know, fun fact. So a little bit about. Yeah, but that's still like two th- over 2,000 islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but still, that's like a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Just chilling. I would love to go see them like go i'm sure that there are like tourist islands or oh, yeah. like uh attractions or sure. nature preserves yeah. i uh, i need to look more but any hoozles so a bit about their social climate at this time the philippines were struggling uh they had a modest economy and uh, quite a bit of widespread poverty so of course a corporation had to go in there and take advantage Oh, God. Are we talking about the history of Fiji? The history of Fiji. No, not today. Oh, wait. No, that's in Fiji. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Nestle? 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 Bottled water? <laughs> no. Pepsi. <sighs> I was so fucking close. You were, you I were. was so close. Pepsi had a bottling plant in Quezon City, which is in the providence of Luzon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where Pepsi thought of their best plan, where they were going to usurp Coke in the uh, latest antics of the Cola Wars. Is this where they purchase a Navy? A Navy? No, it's not. But uh, I thought I would save the Cola Wars for another episode. <laughs> Good Lord. 
So, um, uh, this actually, Cola Wars means that Pepsi was trying to beat out Coke in sales, right? Sure, yeah. Um, Like how Taco Bell won the food wars in Demolition Man. In Demolition Man, (laughs) exactly. That's, boom. You got it. So, Demolition uh, Man was a documentary? It was. It was. Uh, Pepsi introduced Number Fever. Number fever. Number fever. Number fever. So they first introduced this campaign in Argentina. I can't Chile. stop doing math. I got oh the number fever. fever. <laughs> oh my god! Also in Guatemala and Mexico, it was a hit. Okay. Pepsi's monthly sales skyrocketed from ten million to fourteen. In, Night, in a month. In a month? In a month. Woo! Yeah, that Navy came in handy. The Navy! <laughs> we're shipping all across the globe. <laughs> Woo! Oh my God, yes. Uh, the PepsiCo team decided to release Number Fever in the Philippines. The bottling plant began to roar 20 hours a day, doubling mm. their production. I believe it. Well, and, like, of course, numbers blew up because, like, I was listening to, when I was going through my existential crisis, one of the podcasts I was listening to (laughs) uh, was talking about um, American Hysteria. Oh, the podcast name is American Hysteria. Good podcast. Um, And they were talking about candy. Ooh, yeah. And, like, how there's always been hysteria around candy in this Mm. country, whether it's, like, Spider eggs and uh, bubble yum, or Pop Rocks killing the actor who played Mikey Mikey. in Life Serial to like the Halloween candy tamper poison killers. Oh, yeah, we covered that. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how even when candy first came out, like it was associated with like evil and like especially with people like John Kellogg. Oh, Um, but um, yeah. So, it, like, it produces, like, a hyper-stimulation in our brain. Yeah. Uh, that, if you're not used to, pr- puts out the same brain goo that we talked about with Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that mm-hmm. brain goo has is the same as when you intake addictive substances, like yeah. heroin and cocaine, shit like that. So, like, I can only imagine introducing into countries like Argentina and Chile that they were like, oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So much sugar. So, yeah, it does not surprise me that they that those sales blew up by an extra like four million in one month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, also uh, to help that along, a super aggressive ad campaign played nonstop on all media. Mm hmm. And in the Philippines, including 29 radio stations and four newspapers circulating the winning numbers. Ew. And it was also on the news at night. Number fever? Is it like the lottery on the underside of the bottle caps or whatever? So, here is the game. It's simple. Okay, I was like, did I miss it? No, you didn't miss it. (laughs) It's simple. If your Pepsi bottle cap or 7-Up Mountain Dew... Mirianda, I haven't had that one. Uh, if they had the number announced on the evening news 
under the bottle cap, uh, you had a chance uh, of winning up to one million pesos. Ooh, that's yeah. like thirty-seven dollars here, <laughs> uh, which is around sixty-seven thousand dollars of All today's right. monies. All right. Yeah. So a life-changing amount of money. Oh yeah, for sure. And especially because the average monthly income in the Philippines was a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So due to the success from years before, this lucky year, 1992, Pepsi decided to be a little extra greedy Uh-oh. and extend the campaign. Okay. Initially, it was scheduled to end on May 8th, and it was extended for five weeks. Okay. How does Pepsi... How does Pepsi pick the winning number for number fever? Uh, they look at their friend's bottle cap and be like, yeah, no, it's that one. It's that one. Uh, Pepsi is in control of how many people won the entire time. No. Right. They entrusted a computer system <sighs> to uh, generate uh two winning numbers and seed them (laughs) into the bottling plant. Okay. It is not known what happened. Uh Uh-oh. That's a leading sentence. Bam, bam, foreshadow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But one of the winning numbers for the biggest prize for one million pesos, uh, one of the numbers that was selected was 349. Okay. Unfortunately, that number had already been assigned as a losing number and had been put into mass production already. Oh, shit. So there is no telling how many 349 bottle caps were loose in the Philippines, estimated at at least 600 800,000 bottle caps Thousand? in circulation. 100,000. I'm so sorry. I knew I was going to mess it up. It's 800,000. Yeah. No, you didn't mess it up. Did I not? Good. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did great. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, like when you said 600 to 800, I was like, oh, fuck. And then you said Thousand. I was like, holy shit! Hundred thousand. It's because I didn't say it together. Oh, I sucked oh myself my out. Oh my god. Yeah. That's more money than. That is more. Well, okay. Hold on. And we got quick math going on. I still want to say that's more money than like Jeffrey Bezos has. <laughs> I I mean, it's a shit ton of money. It's I mean, a shit if ton you take a ton of money. Oh yeah, no, that's way more. That's like almost how much we spent on the Iraq War. Oh like- <laughs> my god! So Sam, we're at home. Okay. In the Philippines. You got it. 1992. All right, I'm sweating my dick off. I'm swiping at mosquitoes. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Just finished a delicious dinner. Yo, yeah. And yeah, we yeah, are yeah. ready for number fever. We got our bottle Put caps. That radio on. I'm yeah. listening, motherfucker. Yeah. You find 349 after it's announced. And then you find another. Ooh, and then you find another. Girl. Ooh, girl. And then you oh, find girl. another. We're moving to 
uh, out the fuck out of here. Where the fuck we want? Yeah. We're going someplace cold just to see what it's like, motherfucker. Just to see what it's like. Yeah. I, you immediately start spending that money. You make plans no. for it, right? Oh, okay. Not like actually like. No. But I mean, they announce it. Uh, like these yeah. things been yeah. going on for oh, yeah. years yeah. in other countries. And like. I'm going to buy so myself well. a boogie board they, yes. in every country in the fucking world. What's that? I'm yes. going to find some landlocked boogie boards and see what's going on. Landlocked boogie <laughs> boards. You're going to be able to afford a house not only for you, but for your kids and your kids to, you know, school, college, oh, yeah. get a car, you know, do so many things with it. Ooh, I get... travel. I buy food. Oh, yeah. So with within hours, hundreds of people start pouring uh, to the outside of the Pepsi bottling plant. Ooh, fuck. And mm. Pepsi was fucking horrified. They're oh, like, yeah. sweet God. Sweet God, what have we done? So executives calculated that if half of the uh, 600,000 to 800,000 uh, crowns is what mm-hmm. they call the bottle caps. Sure, yeah, because um, it was still... I assume over there is still like glass bottles or was it yeah. plastic? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glass bottles. Yes. Uh, if over half of them had been minted with the number <coughs> 349 were to be cashed in, the damage would be estimated at starting at $6 million. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, immediately, you know, the, uh, the head brains of Pepsi – Co. in the Philippines go to work and they were like you know what it's fine what we're gonna do we are just going to release the real winning number like you guys you know that this is a goof uh no fuck uh, you exactly. pay my goddamn money <laughs> exactly exactly um the people outside of the bottling plant were not happy with uh, that yeah. At all. So the next thing that PepsiCo tries to do is that they start to offer 500 pesos for the quote quote winning 539 bottle caps. Not each one of them. Just each person gets $500 for their 349. No. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Yes. People didn't want a handful of fucking pesos yeah they wanted their dream yeah they wanted their promised fucking money yeah yes yeah you take my dream <laughs> yes i bought your shit yeah. this is not my fault that you fucked up i bought your shit i played your game now give me my goddamn money. give me my goddamn money give me my goddamn money <laughs> So, I wouldn't care if it was Bob Barker or Bob Newhart or whoever, or Wayne Brady on Let's Make It. Like, I am punching so many motherfuckers. Yes. <laughs> I'm going feral. Yeah. I'm going feral. Yeah. Fuck you, you. Take from me. You take from my family. You steal my dream. <laughs> you steal my dream? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to make, I'm going to see how flammable the Pepsi I bottling plant make is. You hurt. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coming full Johnny Cash on him. <laughs> so, um, th- this solution, these solutions, 
not satisfactory to the people of the really? Philippines. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, so huge protests started. Um, violent consumer uprisings uh, were uh, well on their way. What you you mean? What we need more of? <laughs> it, agreed. Um, there were riots. Uh, there were Molotov cocktails. Um, at one of the Pepsi distribution centers, a grenade was thrown in through the front window. Ooh, ended up, girl, that's spicy. Yeah, and. It ended up killing three people, three employees. Yeah. Not their fault. It's not their fault. It's not. I And I don't know what the answer is. You know the what I mean? The answer is you throw it harder and higher so it goes through the the yeah. office window. Not the yes, front yes. door, the office window the office. <laughs> with the on the corner of the building with the good view. Yeah. Throw the grenade through that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Molotov cocktails were being hurled at bottling plants and at Pepsi vehicles. One of those Molotov cocktails. Throw it at the vehicles. That driver doesn't didn't do shit to you. Yeah, I understand. Blow up the stockyard with the 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 delivery vehicles after hours when nobody's there. Like if you want to hurt if you want to hurt the companies, destroy their property, hurt their revenues. Don't attack the workers because they're just trying to get by just like you and everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not that I'm advocating violence or anything, quote unquote. That's I all mean, alleged yeah. humor, satirical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is all, uh, all funny business. Mm-hmm. Yep. Funny nope. business. Don't mean a word. Not a word. But, <laughs> uh, so one of these Molotov cocktails killed um, Anacita Rosario, a school teacher. Mm. She was just trying to get some fucking rice one morning when somebody threw a Molotov cocktail at a Pepsi truck. And it rolled underneath of it. And it exploded. Damn. The incendiary device bounced underneath the truck, exploded every direction, killing not only Anacita, but a five-year-old child as well. And injuring many others. Anacita's husband, Raul, met with Pepsi execs. And they basically said, we're really sorry to hear that. Here's a small sum of money to say that we at least offered something. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, not surprising. Yeah. Um. Needless to say, Raul never took the money, yeah. and he never took another wife. Yeah. So, with all these tragedies happening in his hometown, a preacher, Vincent Del Fierro, said enough was enough. He hated the number fever game. He thought it was just another trap America had set to squeeze as much money out of his country folk as possible. And he was correct. What? We would never, whoa, 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 where are these accusations coming no, from? I right? know. These we ex- founded. <laughs> we exploit our own people. We've never taken that system abroad. <laughs> never taken it on the fucking road. Oh, on yeah. Tour. Yeah. Uh, he hated seeing his fellow friends, neighbors, and congregants being ripped off by these giant corporations. So he rounded up over 800 349 winners. And they sued Pepsi for $400 million. Ooh, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was to be split between those involved in the suit. Uh, but remember when I said earlier that the Philippines were plagued with poverty? Uh-huh. Okay. 
Well, lawsuits, no matter what country that I know of, cost a shitload of money. Yes. So that was no issue for Fierro because for the ones who could contribute, he would only take 500 pesos from each donor. And for those who didn't have enough money for the trial, legal fees and things like that, he took them on pro bono. That's amazing. Yeah. Fierro flew to America and hired two of the best consumer lawyers in the country to help hold Pepsi accountable. Oh, 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 yeah, because here's the thing is, yeah, no, those lawyers are going to hear, hey, we want to sue Pepsi for four hundred million dollars. And they're like, excuse me. No, no, no. Here's all the facts and receipts that they have. So many, like their eyes hit the cha-ching with the money bag, like cartoon. Yeah, with the money bag eyes. Oh my God. Yeah, no. Finding two consumer protection law lawyers when you have this case in your back pocket. Oh, fuck. They're going to take that so hard because they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to sue them for $400 million. Yes. Plus my take, which is also going to be some good money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So uh, they had a meeting with Pepsi at HQ in New York, and he was not satisfied. Fierro wanted to take this issue to the highest courts in America. Uh, uh, yeah, because this is a con- this is not just for the money, for the payout. It's not. No, this is about consumer protection. Yeah. Um, yes, I would agree. Which is something that we covered a little bit on the our episode with uh, Estelle Peterson. Like, that was one of her major fights was consumer protection. Yeah. Uh, and she brought us things like the nutrition facts label and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, consumer protection is super important. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, of course he didn't take the first offer because it's not just about the money. Yes, so uh, they get to court and they said, yeah, we literally have nothing to do with this. So why don't you go ahead and just take this shit home, please? Thanks. Yep. I hate this place. Yep. <laughs> I so hate it so much. <laughs> Fierro did that. He went home and continued to fight, eventually having nine arrest warrants issued for the Pepsi execs. Nice. Yes. It is, however, unknown if they were ever acted on. Sure. But, but that's a good move. Exactly. It's a good move. It was a victory in and of itself because it was displayed everywhere. Yeah, fucking let them know. Everywhere. Pepsi could not get rid of the stink no matter how hard they tried. They good. sued Fierro for libel three separate times. For Yeah. Well, oh, you could. Yeah. It's not libel if it's true. Number one, not liable if it's true. Number two, how much water do you think you're going to squeeze out of that rock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, sue me for the millions that I have. That I have. <laughs> exactly. You. Exactly. You so, said he was a reverend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, what, you think you're going to... Yeah, he's not a gemstone. Yeah, he's ta- he's taken care of by his congregation. That's how yes. he makes a living. So what, you think they're going to... They're just going to stop paying him money and they'll... Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll pay his ah, bills Will's for him. Tapped. Yeah. yeah, and they'll you know make sure he has food and yeah, no, like He'll that's be fine. yeah, exactly. So uh, so literally, Pepsi has no recourse to try to silence this man and take yeah. him out. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> During one of these trials, 
Theoril was actually in late stage heart failure. Oof. And still had to attend hearings. Of course. Yeah, well, they threatened him with like jail time and shit like I that if he that. didn't oh, appear I at some things. Unfortunately, Fierro ended up passing in January 13th of 2010. But never fear, his amazing daughter, Symbol de Fierro, built and runs uh, what's called Coalition 349. Uh, It's a website dedicated to the history, the present, and the future of the fallout from the 1992 Pepsi fever calamity. Fuck yeah, let them know. Yes, the protests did eventually die out, but the lawsuits plotted along for years. It wasn't until 2006 that a Philippine court finally ruled Pepsi hadn't been negligent and wasn't liable for damages. Oh my god. Yep. It was just a goof. Just it a was goof. a goof. You guys are acting crazy. Look, like you've never made a mistake, Miss Perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At long last, this Fuck you. company's nightmare was over. This was not some little incident in a far off land that we didn't care about, says Ross who left Pepsi in 1997. We cared deeply about what happened. We cared deeply about amicably resolving the matter to everyone's satisfaction. We certainly regretted the violence that surrounded this in Manila. I'm gonna... (laughs) What in the milk toast fucking... Horseshit. I hope you accidentally drink lye. Fuck you. <laughs> uh, if this helps you sleep at night, Pepsi ended up racking up at least $10 million in shit associated with their fuck-ups. And uh, their sales dipped in Coke reign supreme in the Cola Wars. Yeah, well, I'm sure their hands are free from any blood and transgressions. Yep, 110%. They're squeaky clean. <laughs> so yeah, that... squeaky clean like squeaky from. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Exactly like squeaky from. Uh, well, that is Ugh. the uh, 1992 Philippines number that fever. That is crazy. Yeah, when corporations kill. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, okay, I feel like we told two stories that didn't necessarily have a clear-cut victory yes. uh, or victorious yeah. outcome to them. But They don't feel victorious. They, they don't sure feel comfy. Don't. Wrapped up. But these are, like, I, I think it's so important because we have to understand how much power we have yes. to hold these fuckers yes. to task that yes. they are fucking yes. terrified of us. Yes. That's why all they can do is drag things out in legal battles and hope that people stop caring, that they wait us out. That's why their their tactics are to stall and to divide because they know yeah. that they can't do shit to us they can't take us all on exactly they will lose so soundly if they try to confront us directly when we come together and we say 
fuck you. We're done with this shit. Amen. A woman. They are terrified Absolutely. of us. They are. They are. And uh, they that's why they downplayed uh, the railroad strike with the government stepping in again and, you know, the media's covering and saying, oh, you know, they reached an agreement, blah, blah, blah. No, they haven't. No, the fuck they haven't. They haven't reached an agreement, guys. Yeah. There is still a chance for the railroad workers to say absolutely not to this contract that's been offered that was reached at the fucking 11th hour. Yeah. And they're also not saying anything about the massive amount of concessions that they got that the, that the railroad yes. companies are offering in this most recent offer because they're like oh shit we're so fucked if this happens yes. they don't want you to know how scared the railroad companies are of the people standing together and saying fuck you this isn't right yes you do not get to treat us this way And if you are sitting around and you've thought to yourself, or maybe you've said this out loud, why would the railroad workers do that to us? Why would they cripple us as a country in the U.S.? Why would they do that to us? You are looking at this from the exactly wrong perspective. Yeah. We are being held hostage by corporate terrorism. This is not a worker's issue this is a corporation monopoly issue this is about people who have so much money that only want to make more money yeah yeah it's not the railroad workers that are threatening to hold this country hostage it's the companies that are blatantly refusing to make reasonable to acquiesce to reasonable requests they're the ones who are prepared to hold this country hostage because, yes. fuck you, we want all of our goddamn money. Yes, yes. Uh, they are willing yes. to kill people through disruptions with major corporations like Eli Lilly uh, or like there are so many things that are going to be affected if this does yes. happen and the corporations don't fucking care. They're the ones who are prepared to kill people because they want more money. Yes. And the rail workers are strong and brave enough to know that if we don't stand up now, it's only going to get worse. Yes. And that this is important and it's necessary. They are one of our oldest unions. Yeah, Eugene Debs came from the railroad unions. Yes. So if if we can't stand with our workers, and as like, I would say middle class, like we would probably be considered middle class. Like we're white, yeah. white, white, white and Americans. And we're above the poverty line. We're above so the yeah, poverty yeah. line. We both work. Um but, I mean, yes, it could potentially get very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if we take care of one another and lean on one another and uh, the community that you already have, I'm not saying that you have to go and, like, fucking meet your neighbors or whatever. Go ahead and do that if that's who sure. you are or whatever. I don't give a fuck. I will help anyone in most cases. Mm-hmm. So I, it doesn't matter if I know you or not. If you need help, you need help. And who am I to tell you that you don't? Yeah. So if if you like to make a big old net of community, do it. But in the communities that you have with one another, just 
take care of one another. Yeah. If you can, if people are down on supplies, you can donate, you know, a fucking casserole to them or yeah. some toilet paper, whatever it is like. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't you have send to send us an email. Yeah, you don't have. We'll to, help you. Yeah, you don't have to be the hero. You don't no. have to be. Just do one or two things. Yeah. Just try to be part of the solution. Yeah. Just fill a need if you see it. Yeah, because if not, that could You're be loved. someone going hungry. You know, yes. someone going out with others. basic sustenance, substantial needs. You know, yeah. just fill a need. It's okay. Fill a need. I like that. That's. That's a good one. That's our next sticker in our merch line. <laughs> Buy from us. GTS. <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. absolute no merch products that we have. Yeah, all of our... <laughs> Buy all of our nothing. Our theoretical merch. <laughs> we'll set up <laughs> set up a store with our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's what we, we think we would do. So, um, okay. To come back more to a center... I'm going to uh, give you guys, share with you, a, a get that shit that I found. Nice. And it didn't really find, I didn't find it. It found me. Oh. And it found me spooky. through one of the founders of GTS, Miss Kaylee Dawn. Um, this little doodle, she sent me some candles that are, um, have anointing oil on them and have herbs and uh, they're energetically charged because she is just, she's just a little doodle. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Um, I loved these candles so much that I wanted to share them with you guys. All right. So if you are on Etsy, you can find candles, you can find jewelry, you can find witchy uh, spell in a jar uh, stuff. Uh, if uh, you like uh, all of those things together, oh, uh huh, uh, uh, uh. head on over to Stellium Apothecary. Stell e yum. Oh my god, you're so funny. <laughs> head on over. They have beautiful candles uh, that are energized with different things. So if you're someone who um, needs a little bit more of a uh, focusing element in your meditation, your prayer, or, you know, it, getting right with yourself, whatever it is. Um, I've been practicing a lot of mindfulness and gratitude um, in the morning and with my routine that I do to get myself in a grateful headspace. Um, I use candles to help uh, with my focus because yeah. I don't have a lot of it on my own. So, <laughs> so I use them candles. So um, they have wonderful candles with oils and herbs on them. They also have small um, spell in a jar uh, earrings Cute. and yeah, and little charms that you can put on a necklace or anything like that. They range from um, a uh, custom spell in a jar earring set is twenty dollars, and the uh, it's cheap. Yeah, it's super cheap. Yeah, and for um herbal spell candles, uh, singularly they're five dollars. Oh, so nice. they're really gorgeous. Um, they burn very well, and 
yeah, I, they were such a thoughtful gift. So head on over to Stellinium. St- no, oh my gosh, I added so many letters. <laughs> Aluminium. Yes. Head on over to Stellium Apothecary. Oh my goodness. You can find them on Etsy, TikTok, and Instagram. And I will make sure to throw up all of their good fun stuff on the socials. And yeah, that'll be it. My uh, Mothham sticker should be here anytime. Nice. I'm so excited. I got a new <laughs> laptop, so I got to put new stickers on it, you know? Gotta, you got to let them know. Gotta got to, got know. to. You're, that you're down with the thickness. <laughs> down with the thickness. Get up, get on. Hell yeah. All right, guys. Well, while you're trolling the internet for your various spell-in-a-jar earrings, make sure that we are in your earballs. Okay, you can find us on right Podbean, in them balls, right in them balls, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Uh, if those don't suit your fancy, you can find more platforms on our link in our Instagram bio at GTS underscore podcast. I like the platforms with the goldfish in the heels. I love. Okay, so they're not in the heels; they're in the toe. You're in the toe. Oh, oh my. <laughs> I don't know what anyway, that means. <laughs> anyway. I like fish shoes, okay? They're... I bet you do. It's cruel to the fish. Jesus. Well, Sea monkey shoes. <laughs> I'll get behind sea monkey shoes. Make sure when you uh, visit our Instagram, you like, follow, and subscribe. Uh, uh, whatever you're listening on, tap that little star doodle. Give us five stars if you like. If you don't, three's fine. It's fine. I'll take three. Um, make sure that you check out our link tree. It has our website, our episode resources, extra streaming platforms, and much, much more. Holler at us if you have a small business you want to hype or a topic that you don't want to do homework on. All right. Make sure that you send that to get this podcast at gmail.com. Spell shit out. <laughs> <laughs> when you're okay, gotcha. Yes, for yes, the yes. email. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it works on my special now. Yeah. Oh my god. If we get regular <laughs> listener emails, uh we could have a spell spell shit out corner. I love it. That'd be fun. Yeah. It's like a mailbag episode. Yeah, man. Send us stories or just send us some dumb shit. Yeah. Send us a dumb fact that you know or like a fact that you're like, hey, did you know this? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd love that. We'll put together an episode of hey, get this shit. Get our listeners shit. Yes. Yes, listener shit. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, um, I think that does it. Yeah, I think so. All right. That's it, Tit. Well, you guys be safe out there. Uh, love and light. All right. Stay stinky. Stay stinky. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> trying to light. find. You have love and light. I'm trying to find my catchphrase. All right. I hate it. <laughs> Uh, come back for the evolution of Sam. Love right. and light. Stay stinky. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>